Pickaxe. Welcome to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest-running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60-year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not mm. as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are beckoned from their Hollywood film set to the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Hey, Xander, what does that puff of mist look like to you? Uh, it kind of looks like two parents divorcing. What? I see like a cowboy hat. Did did your parents get divorced? Is that like one of those inkblot tests for you? You know, I used to be a psychologist. Jet, I know I busted on you for being old, but I know you're not that much older than me to have been a psych- psychologist before you were an actor. I've seen most of your movies. You've been at it for a while. Well, okay. All right. All right. I wasn't actually a psychologist. I just kind of played one in a movie. But I method acted it, I had an office and clients and everything, I really wanted to be the role, you know? Wait, patients? You saw actual people that needed help? Yeah, yeah, I gave them and I, what, what I thought was like pretty good sound advice. You are lucky you're telling your most like legally ambiguous pal here, dog, because there's several types of illegal what you did. No, no, I'm sure it's fine. I pretty much just said the exact same things my therapist would say to me. So not only were you impersonating a doctor, you were also kind of plagiarizing wait xander did you say you've seen my movies oh now i see the cowboy hat good eye bro that's spot on looking for ad free episodes exclusive behind the scenes info how about hilarious monthly one shots hop on over to patreon.com slash cast party right now and join the greatest community this side of the ttrpg world Because you could be listening to this episode with all of us right now, like we do on every single cast party release night. Over on our Discord, we host community-driven game nights, live streams, hangouts, and so much more. Patreon.com slash cast party for all your exclusive goodies. We hope to see you there. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my reminded cast and crew. 
Ryan McManus. I, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who for a time in middle school tried to tell everyone that his name was actually Sebastian Way and that he was loosely related to Gerard Way. This quickly <laughs> backfired since he had absolutely no proof and went to a private school where he basically had the same classmates ever since he was in preschool. <laughs> That's, that feels like a solid Sebastian teenager move. Yeah. Anna Brisbane. <gasps> Blueberry Sky, Elvin Jewett actress who's just so happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> That's what we like. Oh. Yeah. Nigel Deacon. Hello there. Xander Gucci Supreme, who has absolutely seen someone come back from the dead before. Obviously. Look at his interests and the things he's done with his free time. Like, there's absolutely been ghouls and ghosts and zombies and exorcisms and reincarnations involved in, like, everything that he does. Obviously. Totally. He's definitely not lying about this. General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Vince Perino. Hi, hello. Jet Boulder Chambers. Jet, when he was a child, he was hanging out with, at a friend's house one day. He was, like, nine, ten years old, you know. Jet didn't have any pets at that time, and his friend had a cat. And he didn't know how cats are at all, really. So he was like, oh, cool, an animal. So he wanted to go pet it. So he did. And then the cat did the cat blunder of plopping on his back and then showing the belly, the death trap that is the belly. And he was like, oh, sick, I'm going to pet the belly. And he pet the belly. And then the cat eyes, you know, just go, Boo! and he was like, oh, I'm going to fuck this guy up. And so he scratched him under the chin. He also has like a tiny little scar under his chin on the right side. So sometimes he grows his beard out just to hide it because he gets a little self-conscious about it. Under your chin? No one ever sees this. No one's going to see <laughs> How that would you, ever. No one's ever going to be self-conscious of this. Let's talk about what happened last time. You fought the stone ballista, covering it in slurpy molasses tentacles and dodging as many of the stone arrows as possible. The ball of energy went deeper into the cavern. Following it, you came up to mysterious mists floating in the cavern. As you walked, you began to recall things from your past. Sebastian, his first guitar. Jet, his mother's diagnosis and his father leaving. Blueberry, her childhood being created to be a star. Xander's relationship with Selena and pushing her away. You consoled each other for a moment, but were determined to figure out what was happening in the mountain and find the old Arcanum base. You opened up into a room with a portal, a demonic skeleton with a lantern, and the blue orb floating over a child's body. Xander touched it and relived memories that weren't his. The memories mimicked what happened throughout your journey through the mountain. Xander placed this ball inside the lantern, the skeleton closed it, moved through the portal as it closed. You took some time to bury the child's body, gathering a bracelet from their wrist, as well as taking the amulet and ring from the older dead man. You continued for some time towards the Arcanum base. When entering it, it looked like a siege room, but there was no one to be seen. There were three doorways, one expelling light from beneath. You split up, found rooms that people used to sleep in, a room with terrible singe marks and explosions, and a large library. This is where Jet found out he had a little tiny tail. And then you headed towards the room where you saw different colored lights and you opened the door, revealing some spectral humanoids doing various things in the room. Sweeping, playing a game, some musicians, a hot shirtless dragonborn, and a visage of Adwolf stuck with arrows and magic burns. You explored a bit more and found a tank filled with liquid with some sort of fleshy substance in it. 
At that moment, you heard someone speaking to you from the balcony. Ermina Cospaldi. Now she looks down at you from the balcony, adorned with these beautiful earrings that curve up her pointed ears. She wears a tight-fitting purple robe with a long see-through top layer that gives a mysterious yet three-dimensional look. And so the scene is set. The question is... Do you like it? It's my own design. She steps backwards, looking down at you, and she appears on the large blue rune at the top of the room, very close to you all. The gross icky flesh ball? I meant the contraption around it. It's wonderful, is it not? This tub? And she walks over. She's not even looking at this visage. And she walks over to where the dragonborn is sitting. And there is a pitcher. She grabs it and grabs a cup and pours herself a glass of wine. Would you like any? I'm going to take a couple steps back and hold my shield up and just have my, my hammer at the ready. I don't want to say anything and just kind of stare at her. If you want some, it's right here. She puts it back down. And she goes and sits next to this dragonborn. And you can see the dragonborn puts his arm around her, slouches down and cuddles up to her. Guys, what what do we do here? What, what is happening? We saw you die. Sort of. How are you here? You saw me die, yes. It was excruciatingly painful. You don't come back from death. I didn't really die. There, there's only life and death. There's no in-between. Are you like a homunculus? Is there, is there, is that another you that's in that, that blue goo? She looks over with this sly smile. Yes. Growing ever slowly. Can I fire an Eldritch Blast at the tank? Go ahead. The first one, I guess, at the tank. 17. And the other one... 25. Both hit. Go ahead and do some damage. 10... And the second one is 11. Now, is that really necessary? It's not even full grown yet. That's kind of why I'm doing it. So you're a clone? That's how I would put it. Yes. I cloned myself. When I passed away at the other location, I woke up here. With all the memories up until your death? Yes. I didn't think that's how clones worked. How do you have memories? What I've heard of clones is like they start as babies and it's like the DNA is like identical, but it's not like the same experience of a person. I think it's like a soul host, Blueberry. I think like she died and then her soul like whisked through the air and then found its way back here and then just popped itself in like a new body. You can do that. I formed this. I have questions. You are meddling around in affairs that don't concern you again. Why might that be? Why do you think this doesn't concern us? The magistrate's business is none of yours. Well, I'm pretty concerned. So. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you seem to be causing a lot of mayhem throughout all of this. You're, you're killing folks, you're taking away magic, and then using it for yourself like some sort of tyrannical regime. You know, something that we've seen like a thousand times before in human history, you know, like something that should be stopped and is often written as pretty badly in the in the history books. So like in this case, you are a bad guy, quote unquote. And from my perspective, 
you are the bad guys. Right, but since you are the bad guy, that perspective doesn't really matter. How do, how are we hurting more people from your perspective? You are stopping us from saving others. You see, magic cannot be harnessed by anyone. We all have it in our bodies, but it will often kill those who are unfit to wield it. Unfortunately, the ones who are fit tend to be corrupted by the power. It is why we do what we do. Destroy those who cannot control themselves. Who's to say you're fit? Yeah, how are you not going to lose control of your power? Are you still fully with it like you were from day one? I believe so. I'm not saying regulation would be bad. Like, (laughs) probably good to, like, make sure no little kid gets their hands on a dangerous wand or something. But, like, you can't just have it all yourself. Yeah, you need, like, checks and balances. If we fought magic with nothing but sticks and stones, we'd be erased from this plane by summer. We use magic to stop those who can wield it on their own. We use it for propaganda. To get others on our side. The Magistrate are heroes in Valorith now. We saved the people from what seemed like an apocalypse. A few nobles who only cared for themselves and their pockets for the control in one of Fendrea's most influential cities? I'd say that's a small price to pay. Didn't you guys lie to everyone in Valor, though, and also were the ones that brought, like, that apocalyptic event forward? Ah, yes, that was my work. Yeah, so you your propaganda is just pure lies. Like, you are just lying to trick people into thinking that magic is dangerous. You are the problem. I mean, was it not dangerous? Yeah, because you did it. Everyone there was fine if you hadn't come along and caused so much mayhem. So you can't be trusted with magic. I don't understand. If someone else did this and the Magistrate wasn't there to stop it, could have been catastrophic. The Magistrate didn't stop it. We stopped it. The Magistrate was there to stop it. You were meddling in affairs that didn't concern you. You just happened to be there to try to take some of the glory. And then you tried to kidnap and impersonate the new queen after killing the old queen. So, like, I don't know how you are thinking that this is, like, good that you're doing this. Like, you're you're providing an example of something that only you guys are causing. That's the, like, paradox of this hypocrisy that you are bringing forward. Only we are causing. You know all of Fendrea's history, do you? You see, it appears I should have been checking up on you more frequently. I check up on the Queen almost daily, but after I saw you trekking all across Fendrea, even going down into Berndarium, I figured you were not long for this world. The airship is a nice touch, I must say. You saw us? How do you know all of this? She gives a little smile. She looks over at the Dragonborn, who finally takes his arm away. Follow me. She starts walking right past you, Jet, still holding her wine, sipping it. I just get in a more defensive position as she walks closer to me. You can see she walks to the center of the room where that large meeting table is. I'll follow her at a reasonable distance. She heads to the other side of the table. This is a large table, and she looks over at you, Jet. Would you help me with this? And she looks like she's about to pick up part of the table. I'll, I'll give her an inquisitive look slowly put down my uh, shield and put my hammer on my back. And as you do so, she puts her hands underneath it. You can see actually one of the spectral servants, this one, the elvish man who was sweeping, puts down his broom and it moves over and literally starts to lift the top of this table off. Underneath it is a pool of cloudy water. This is how I see. It's just water. 
Who would you like to look for? It would have to be someone I have met. I'll look back at everyone and say, do we want to know about Adewolf? You do not speak his name in this room. What, you afraid of the one person that was ready to oppose you all the time? She just moves her hand over. She shoots a firebolt at the spectral Adewolf. Hmm, seems like someone with magic is acting a little childish. Maybe can't be trusted. Okay, all right, settle. Would you like to see the queen? The queen? The fake queen. What do you mean, the fake queen? The one that you planted up there? Oh, Desideria? No, I was going to show you the queen. But you can't show us Adewolf. You think they're still together? What? The queen is very sick. Show us. She starts waving her hands over it. You can see that she is indeed casting a spell. The water swirls into this almost milky color. It then turns into a silver, almost like a mirror. Just moments later, you can see right through it. It almost looks like you're looking down upon a scene in a dollhouse. In this room, you're seeing royal chambers. You can see this very nice bed. There is indeed Queen Velaspian looking rather ill. But you do notice this queen has long hair. That is desideria, isn't it? Kenai, how did you know? I'm glad she's sick. I am too. See, like, that. this is why we think that you're the bad guy, because you're ready to stab the back of every person that you work with. Blueberry. As you're looking at this, you, you do indeed see the queen here. And then you start to see the milky colors turn to silver. You see the scene she is showing you, but as you're looking, the pool of liquid begins moving on its own. You can see that this is not what she did before. Her hands are no longer causing the liquid to ripple. This looks like it's happening on its own. You start to see the liquid turn from a mirror-like silver to a dark black. You see a marble-like obsidian flooring with a piercing white tree standing tall out of it. Its branches spread far inside a tower made of stone. The branches have no leaves and are, at points, unnaturally thin for how rigid they look. A small knot hole sits in the middle of the tree, no bigger than a foot in diameter. But inside this knot hole is inky blackness, like a void that never stops. Yet there are small lights twinkling inside and moving around. They almost look like stars in the blackness of night. This image invokes a sense of calm before turning to anguish and danger. As the blackness turns to gray all around, the ivory-like branches succumb to these gray ashes, branches snapping and falling to the ground and deteriorating instantly. It almost looks like a time-lapse, branch after branch fall. The purity of the tree's white bark becomes tainted as it slowly fades to a null gray. And with every branch that falls, another light disappears inside the knot hole. One by one. The rest of you do not see this. What was that? You see something blue? Right there. The one in the middle that like replaced everything. Who has the highest passive perception other than Blueberry? 11. 10. 15. Sebastian. When Blueberry says this, you look up at her. 
her eyes look a little gray. And as you're watching them, they fade to black. And as that happens, Blueberry, you can see the vision in front of you fade to black. Whoa, Blueberry, look at me. Huh? Your eyes just did some funky stuff. My eyes? Yeah. Like, your your normal eye color was there, but then, like, around it, I swear to God, it was, like, gray, and then it, like, deepened to black. And now, now they're normal. <sighs> but, like, I swear... Something was up. Do you normally have visions? No. I think it's just a weird glint of the light. It's weird in here. If you say so. Question for you all. We have found no record of any of you from much before your breakout stunt at the prison. Took us a while to piece that together. The only other records we have of you are of one Maynard Kingsley who was taken in for strong magic. His re-education did not go as well as mine did. Imagine, if he truly was that powerful, he could have been where I am now. He's too good for that. So since your births are a mystery, no family, no residence, where do you come from? Uh, a little place called Nunya. <laughs> and where is that? That's Nunya business. I high-five Xander. So clever. I have seen your other childish pranks. So, what is your plan here in Fendrea? Because you certainly are not from here. I see no need for you to know anything about us, to be honest. We're having a nice conversation. I've given you information. Why is Desideria sick? And why does that please you? It pleases me because she is harsh. I do not wish her death. You just want, you know, suffering and for her to be on the brink of death. You just said that you don't want suffering or death. I'm going to assume you mean at a broad scale, not just specifically for Desideria. So why do you think it's okay to just blanket murder people and send out death squads and your giant dog to hunt down someone? The people who get in our way will stop the Magistrate from progressing forward. If we are not in control, terrible things can happen. We heard about some of the history that happened here and the things that, that went down. The whole, like, interplane shift that happened that caused, like, the Badlands and we got the giant lake and the other places that, like, mixed with the elementals. Here, this, this place, right? Like, you, you built into the side of one of the, the Earth elemental place. You guys can't just assume that you can take control over every person that's got magic. You said it yourself, it's in everyone. Like, every person has magic, and it, all they need to know is, like, how to use it. Shouldn't you be, like, moving towards diplomacy or maybe teaching people, like, how to use this stuff so it doesn't become just haphazardly? You're not just handing a gun to a child. Instead, you're teaching them proper safety on how to use the thing that they were gifted. That's what Matthias was trying to do. And you raided that. To find those who willed against us. We had information enough to believe that Matthias' intentions were not pure. Where did you get this information? From your biased sources? I mean, he was hiding students in the basement that he was trying to hide from us so that he could teach them strong and powerful magic. The correct way. The safe way. What's why you are all here now, is it not? Because of Matthias? Technically because of you. 
If it weren't for you, we wouldn't have even gotten this far. We wouldn't have had to do the shit that we did, like blow up your fucking ship. Like fight you all at Matthias's. Like delve into this fucking mountain. If you didn't do what you did at the wedding. What you did caused our reactions. And it's only gonna get worse. Cause we're not stopping. So your desire is to destroy the Magistrate, nothing else. In destroying Magistrate, we get what we want. I'm just not convinced we can trust you to be using this magic. It seems from everything we've witnessed of the Magistrate so far that their true intention is to hoard the magic and keep using it for their own personal gains and conquering of all of Fendrea or whatever with no intentions of stopping keeping their own magic because, you know, oh, they are born worthy or capable of handling it when everyone else isn't for some reason. But who's to say that you are the ones who can handle it? That's why we do our interrogations. We take the mages who we do believe can handle it and recruit them to our ranks. I was already powerful before the magistrate took me in. I was a high mage of Valorith. And yes, I escaped the magistrate prison. But I was there for a reason. I needed to understand the frivolous decisions I had made so many times before, the disrespect of magic that I had caused, flaunting it around for the rich who only do it for the enjoyment of themselves. They care not for the people struggling to provide food for them. I don't know, your wedding stunt sounds a lot more reckless than all that. Especially since it was thwarted by, like, a couple of nobodies like us. You've proven yourself worthy of a title higher than nobody. My cup is empty. And she starts heading back over to the pitcher. So you will not tell me what you want or where you came from, correct? It's about the gist of it. All I know is that your entire mission is to destroy the magistrate. We just want you to not be killing people. Well, from what I can tell, all you are is a nuisance. And he will be glad to hear that. He? Yeah, we haven't heard a he yet. This has been a very, like, powerful woman state. Volazar, as she ignites her hands. Everyone roll initiative. Uh, what? Fuck, fuck. Ho, ho, let's go. 16. 23. 18. 22. So right now she is about 50, 60 feet away from you. Sebastian. You are first with a 23. I see her across the room and ignite her hands. So I stand up on the chair, the big stone freaking chair that I've been sitting on. I pull Daisy around and I would like to play her a song with a Rowlethim's psychic lance. Can she make an intelligence saving throw, please, of 17? That is a 28. Holy <clears throat> shit. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, she uh, she passes. She does take half damage. So let me roll that. That's 27 psychic damage. She is not incapacitated. And I was singing the lyrics in my head and I was like, okay, well, this clearly isn't working. Uh, Jet, I got a song for you. Oh? And everything gets quiet. And Jet, in your mind, you hear a G note. <laughs> when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a jet chambers film he said son when 
you grow up, don't fuck up, and you might be his sound guy, or maybe even his friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you see Jet, like as he's gra grabbing for his hammer on the back, he's just kind of like close his eyes and, and just swaying his head back and forth, a little smile. It's like, hmm. All right, go get him. Oh, oh, oh right. I am going to move. Or I'm sorry. That was that was 20. It was 27 psychic damage. It was half of that. I am so sorry. Oh, okay. I'm going to move 15 feet northwest and hide behind this big old planter. And that's my turn. Blueberry. Uh. I'm gonna just try to calmly walk 35 feet in the direction of her and just raise a hand and just say, we're not here to destroy things, so just hold still and cast hold person. Pull some vines out of the floor to just hold her in place. Wisdom saved 17. That is a 19. Okay. Oh, God. Damn. You may not be here to destroy the magistrate, but I'm here to destroy you. Well, that's like super uncool of you. You see that is Ermina's turn. She starts running away from the dragonborn. And you can see, if you remember, this is a long rectangular room. And there's a blue rune and a yellow rune at each end of this rectangle. And she runs over and stands on the blue rune. You said you haven't seen magical cloning. Three other Erminas pop up in her place as they start running around each other. Nope. Mm-hmm. Jet, you're up. Xander, you're on deck. So now there's four of them? Yep. I guess I, I'm not going to be able to reach her, so I'm going to try to protect all my friends from behind. So I will go 15 feet south away from Ermina to the, the boy that was using the broom. My bonus action, I'm going to cast a Searing Smite, so I, I, as I flick out my hammer, it's just going to ignite in flames. We're going to try to attack him. 15 to hit. That hits. Hey, okay. 11 plus 1d6. 15 damage. Vaporized. Whoa, oh. really? Go right through it. Puff of smoke. So that, that shocks Jet a little bit. So after, after getting through that so easy, I'll just yell back to everybody. Hey, they're kind of weak. I just downed this one like it was nothing. So have fun. I feel like they're the least of our problems right now. I'll keep running south 15, another 15 feet. Xander, you're up. Between the conversation that we had and the memories that like came up while we were in the cave, Xander is mad. Remembering his sister, remembering the last night that he saw his dad and like the snow that was around him. It's just like cold, burning hatred and anger and just emotion. Everyone sees his hand turn purple again because the disguised self wisped away in the emotion. Xander's skin erupts in a light blue flame. <laughs> oh shit. Damn. And he casts Fire Shield. It's a chill shield, so it's resistance to fire damage. So I'm going to walk 30. Got to stay away from everyone because it deals area damage. Are you okay? Did she do that to you? No, nah, this is me. I'm good. Oh, my God. You look over at Sebastian. He's giving you the fucking devil hordes like, that's fucking sick. <laughs> Can I attempt a telekinetic shove on her? It's a strength save of 16. I get a 16. That is the DC. Oh. That's it. I'm just like staring daggers at her though. That is 
the spectral duders turns and you can see they all drop whatever they're holding and start running one runs up to xander another one runs up to blueberry the dragonborn dashes and gets within range of blueberry as well as jet the halfling who is playing the game dashes to get to you as well as adol dashes to get to you xander the first one is going to try to grapple you oh god okay that is a 10 so you can roll athletics or acrobatics and you just have to beat a 10 21 you're able to shake this thing off you can tell they're not that that strong they're just trying to get a hold of you the other one who didn't have to dash is going to try to grapple blueberry and that's a five. Oh god come on <laughs> and that's a 26 what the fuck How? excuse what I have plus six acrobatics and i rolled a natural 20 <laughs> oh, oh holy shit i was gonna say so they are starting to crowd around you guys, um, but they did everything they can. So Sebastian, you're up. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing all the spectral humanoids start surrounding everybody. So I'm going to try my best to distract Ermina. So I'm going to take out the portable amp and throw it at Ermina and start playing some math rock because it really just hurts your head to listen to. I will be casting Nathair's Mischief in a 20-foot cube on top of the blue portal. So I will roll on the Mischievous Surge table, which is a d4, which is a four. Oh, the Goopy Molasses. That's not the one I wanted, but that's okay. So I'm going to act like it's raining blood because I'm shredding some math rock. And now the cube is difficult to rain until the start of my next turn. For anyone that enters or just for enemies? It, it doesn't specify, making it difficult to rain until the start of your next turn. So I'm assuming it's everybody. Fair enough. That's it. I like my position uh, and I'm not going to use a bardic or anything. Blueberry, that is you. Ew, Sebastian. It's metal as fuck. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to reach my, my right hand out to where the spectral vines are still on the floor from where she was and just whoosh my hand towards her and they'll just you know along the floor towards her and I'm gonna cast hold person again wisdom save 17 dirty 20 okay. fuck uh, yeah I'm gonna stay here okay that is her turn so she disappears great and you can see that she appears on the yellow rune across this long room so this is about dang it girl 120 feet away. And so she looks at you, Jet, with a little bit of a smile as her flame turns blue and she winds up and shoots it downward through the yellow rune and a cone of cold comes out of the blue rune <gasps> hitting Sebastian, Xander, and Blueberry. I need constitution saving throws. Shit. Roll high. If you have inspiration, now's the time. Yep, that's a nat one. I'm going to use inspiration. Fuck. Inspiration. Fuck. Uh, dirty 20. Fuck. Seven. Nine. Xander, you pass. Xander, you're taking half of 42 cold damage. Oh, no. Ow. My ass. Jet, you're up. Xander, you're on deck. That was two-thirds of my health. Holy shit. Yep, same. Oh my god. Adwolf and the, the little guy were running at me. 
seeing them run at me, I'll throw one leg back, my right leg back, and throw my shield up in front of me. And my hammer I'm holding behind me, and when they get close, the, the one that comes closest to me first, I'm going to swing from an upward angle from behind me. Ah, oh, it's only 10 to hit. 10 does not hit. So I'll come up and swung a little too early, and I'm just going to, at the same angle, come straight back down at him for my second attack. And that's 19. Kills. Right through him. One HP. Because I hit him, am I able to then knock down at a wolf, even though I didn't attack him? You can try to. Fails. Whatever it is, it fails. Okay, he's knocked prone. And then I'll just start running 30 feet towards Aramina, and that'll be my turn. Xander. I'm going to go back 30 feet to the edge of the table, and then I'll, I'll fire a couple of Eldritch Blasts at her. She got that mirror image up, so it's going to be tough. So you are hitting a clone. Okay. It was a 25. Okay, so one of them is gone. Cool. Second one, you're hitting her. 21. Very much hits. That is a 12. Coward. Adolf stands up and has to dash to get next to you. Does not look like he is giving up. Sebastian, you're up. Blueberry, you're on deck. Okay, I'm getting as far away from this portal as I can. I'm running 25 feet south, 5 feet east, and just ducking behind one of the stone chairs we were all sitting at. I am going to use my action to pull Daisy around as I kind of duck behind the chair and just play something a little soothing and calming and do a third level cure wounds for... Oh, that was trash. 14 HP. Bonus action. I peek over my chair and see Xander behind the other one. I kind of duck back down and all you hear from just beneath the chair is Xander is on fire! And it's a bardic inspiration for you, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Xander just like looks over and is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it for me. You hear from the other end of the room. He can be. Not what I meant! Do it! You won't! Come at me! Do it! Blueberry, you're up. I'm going to be really cool then and like run up and jump onto the table. And I'm going to reach behind me to grab on to those spectral vines on the blue portal behind me and just thrust them forward and they all the way across the room to her. I'm going to cast hold person again. Hold still. That one's only a 16. That fails. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Hype. <sighs> Guys, this might only last until the end of her next turn. See if you can get anything magic away from her. And I'm going to bonus action wild shape into an Allosaurus. Yes. Okay. Again, a little dinosaur. Well, a large dinosaur. And it's white with gray spots. If you don't kill us, we don't have to hurt you. Stop it. Take her stuff. She has, I don't know if she has anything that looks like a focus or any, you know, anything she's using for magic. A spell book? I don't know. It just said it erupted from her hands. Take her hands, Xander. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is her turn, Blueberry. Fuck. So at the end of her turn, she needs to make another wisdom save. Uh-huh. It gets rid of her, her turn at least. Oh, and that would drop concentration, right? Oh, yeah, should. Ooh. So you can actually see that as you grab her, 
she almost looked like she was glowing, and it almost looks like that glow is gone. Oh. Ooh. 19 ah, for that saving throw. Taking away a whole turn of hers, though, is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jet, you're up. Sandra, you're on deck. All right, so hearing him run behind me as I'm running forward, I'm just going to quickly spin around and just fling my uh, hammer behind me for a 15 to hit. That hits and kills Adwolf. As it swings around, I see it about to hit him. I, I just uh, kind of whisper to him, I'm sorry, my friend. I spin back around right in her direction, run towards her. As I get close to her, I hold up my, my Warhammer and cast Searing Smite, and I'll just swing at her as hard as I can. 15 to hit again. That hits. It does oh. hit. Okay. All right. Does it hit a clone? It hits her. Yes. 16 damage, and she has to roll a, what is it, constitution saving throw, I believe? It's only an 11. Hey, she on she burning. Xander, you are up. I'm going to also hop up onto the table, but only for a moment, because I'm hopping right back down next to this other chair, and I'm going to toll the dead. Ooh. Snap, hit that dong dong in her brain. Um... <laughs> I feel like I feel like Xander does like a hit the whip on the yeah, bell. whip. <laughs> so that is, let's see here. Can I have a wisdom saving throw? Sixteen, please. That's a fourteen. Oh, and yes. she's already taken damage. Mm-hmm. So that's two d twelves. Twenty-one damage, necrotic. Ooh. Let's go, boy. Oh. Stand and fight, you lame, non-glowing loser. You can see that those bluish flames start turning back to red. Oh, that's right. Come at me. Sebastian, you're up. We are ducked behind our chair. I am going to crack open an ice cold pep in your step. There we go. For a bonus <laughs> Haven't action. Haven't heard that in so <laughs> long, man. Wait, are they canned? <laughs> they are now. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, <laughs> uh, it's only seven HP, but that's not bad. We've carbonated health potions. And then for my action, I'm gonna play some dumb little like commercially kind of thing on the guitar, just a very fun and peppy tune, a little jig, if you will, because I will be casting hideous laughter at first level. So I need a wisdom save of seventeen. Twenty-six. That's my turn. That's it. God damn. Blueberry. Don't stand near me. Pick up one foot as if I'm about to jump off the table. And I am, but I turn 180 degrees around and run backwards. And I'm running straight up to the tank. Yes. And yeah. I'm gonna chomp down on it. Fuck yeah. Nine. No. <laughs> no. Way. <laughs> Just like clink, 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 teeth against it. <laughs> that is Ermina's turn. Constitution saving throw. <laughs> I was like, what? The he had that prep. That was in his belly, <laughs> and it <he> just erupted. <laughs> that is only an eleven. Ah! Yeah. Ah, it's a one d six of damage, please. <laughs> Three. She had the flames go up. She's looking at Sebastian. She's looking at Xander. And then Jet is right in front of her. And you can see this evil smile on her face when she hears a thud against glass. And she looks and darts her eyes over at the Allosaurus. She goes, no! 
Uh-oh. I hit a nerve. She teleports from the yellow to the blue room. <laughs> do, wait, do I get teleported with her? This whole circle invokes in light as she teleports to the other side and Jet, you're taken with her to this blue rune on the other side. She's got these fiery hands and she sees this Allosaurus and she goes, no! I need a dexterity saving throw from you, Blueberry. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm using inspiration. I shouldn't have. 12. Let me get up my dice roller. Don't like that. that don't like that. That means it's a lot. Don't like that. You see that she is unfathomably angry. You see something you've seen before. Oh, no. After the Queen of Valorith and the King of Elvarath were bound together. Oh! She destroyed both of their bodies <coughs> with one <coughs> single flame. You're taking 66 force damage. Okay. Luckily, freaking Allosaurus has 51 hit points. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking rough. And you are still up? I'm still up. Your body does not disintegrate. Nope. Jesus Christ, nine points away from disintegrating. Jet, you're up, and you just saw this, and you see that Blueberry is looking terrible. And this was an excessive amount of heat that she just blasted right next to you. I'll be fine. I'm going to heal myself. Just focus on her. Focus on me, you bitch. And I swing just straight down at her head. 17 to hit. Hits. So that's 10 damage. So as my hammer comes down and, and it nicks her in the head... I'm gonna pull it back and try to like pool stick, hit her in the face with it. 22 to hit. I've rolled three nat ones to see if it is a clone or not. So yes, this still indeed hits her. Five damage that time. And then I will use my bonus action to try to shove her and knock her down. Okay, um, strength saving throw? Based on my telekinetic shove, that would that tracks. Two. So that fails. She is face down on the ground. Shoves are like grapples, by the way. So it's your athletics versus their athletics or acrobatics. Just for future reference. Yeah, okay. That's good to know. Xander, you're up. I don't know where to be because I want to be near her, but she keeps running away. But now she's real mad at Blueberry and Jet's with her. So he, she's, he's just going to keep going. But I want to be next to her. I'm taking her down. I'm going to dash. I want to be closer to her. I'm so close. Pay attention to me. Sebastian. Now that I see her prone on the floor, I'm going to peer into her mind with a first level dissonant whispers. Can I get a wisdom save of 17, please? 25. That passes. She doesn't have to run, but she is going to take half damage. I have a little poem for her that rings out in her mind. Ermina Caspaldi. Burn your hair, you'll be baldy. Gonna play you like a piano, cause my name's Vivaldi. Oh my god. Okay, I like it. Snaps for that oh. one. Eight psychic damage for half, which isn't bad. That's my turn. Blueberry. Fuck that. Um, I'm gonna quickly uh, druidcraft a bunch of like 
healing solves and just like <laughs> rub my arms and cast cure wounds at the fourth level. Whoa. 23 hit points back. That sucks! I'm gonna bonus action back into an Allosaurus. That's her turn. Constitution! Saving throw, please. 17. Damn it. She's going to use half her movement to stand up. She looks at you, Jet. She looks down at the rune and sees you're on it. Even more flame comes out from her hands. And from in front of you, a blast of fire. Her entire body looks like it engulfs in flame. Jet, this is a ninth level disintegrate spell. I need a dexterity saving throw. This is a deck save that you can see coming. Oh, so I, I get advantage on that. Seven. Eighteen. Passes. Oh, God. Thank God. You bring this shield up in front of you. Flames all around you. It almost sounds like she's screaming, but it is the cracks of the fire around you. You're barely avoiding... 113 force damage. Oh my god. I said die. Chet, you're up. She sends this attack towards me, and I I just hunker down behind my shield and try to block as much of it as I can. And as she says that, I stand up and just say, I'll show you the meaning of death and take another swing at her. This is going to hit the last mirror image. Dirty 20. Kills it. There you are. 16 to hit. That hits her. So second level Searing Smite. 17 damage, and she has to take a constitution saving throw. 17. <sighs> that passes. Fuck. Xander, you're up. Xander is going to run up directly behind her because I assume she's still facing Jet. As Xander approaches her, like that heat and that fire and the rage that's inside of him, it's kind of like culminating in not just the flames but also in his hands and his eyes as they start to like glow with that purple that like dark purple it's almost like glowing darkness and he reaches a hand around touches her neck and in abyssal says I've seen you die once I wouldn't mind seeing it again and cast vampiric touch that's a nat 20, baby. Oh, oh, shit. Guess who's about to get hit with 10d6 of damage? You're starting to grab her neck. You can feel her tense up immediately. Stop. 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 Please. I'm not ready to die. Roll your damage. Forty-three necrotic damage. Xander, she's yours. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> bro. In this moment, Xander was full emotion. Whatever this power that's been growing inside of him take over for a moment, as he reached out to her and touched her neck and just sucked the life that was left in her straight out. You can just see, like, the age happening in her face rapidly as just, like, life force just 
pull out of her and she almost decays in the spot. She starts decaying. Her body starts falling. You can see almost these singe marks from like this blue flame you have going on. You start pulling what essentially is her life force, her soul out, and you can see that it is pulling back. Not to her, but towards the container in the corner. You freeze it and you feel it crush in your hand. We're out of initiative. Jet sees this all happen right in front of him. As the body drops, he just looks at Xander. Xander, what did you do? I... uh, Look, man, I heard what you said just a moment ago. Don't think that it was just me in this, but... No, I've never seen you do something like this. What was that? I... I don't know. I... That, uh... I'm wasting no time. I'm opening this thing. I'm moving over to Blueberry. You see this... What was like a writhing mass of flesh, now just... It doesn't have any movement to it. It's almost graying. I'm still ripping some out and like throwing it across the floor. Xander, are you okay? All of the glowing darkness from like his eyes and from his hands fades to the normal purple and once again casts disguise self so that the hands go back to normal. So to Jet, it just looks like I'm just going back to normal. Uh, I'll, I'll go over to him and, and put both my arms on his shoulders and just say, listen, man, you did what you had to do. Any of us would have done it, but please, just for the love of God, don't let this become you. Don't let it take over you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cool it for a bit. Maybe, maybe take a back seat. There's been a lot of emotions the last... Eight, eight hours, so... Um... And Xander's, like, fighting back just pure emotional tears. Like, it's not sadness, not being upset. It's just, like, he had so much emotion in the last minute that it's just, like, all welling up all at once. He kind of, like, pats Jet on the chest with his fist and it's like, I'm, I'll be good, I'll be good. I'm just gonna take a, take a second. We gotta figure out what's going on in here and uh, continue forward. I'll just kind of take a fist and, like, pump him in the chest with it twice and just hug him quick. Hit him with that bro hug, pat on the back, and then break away. This body was on its knees at this point. It slowly falls forward, and you hear... I'll take a look at what that was. It is a circular amulet that has three other runes on it, and two of them... One is blue, one is yellow. They look exactly like the ones on the ground. Oh. Y'all, I found her teleportation device. I'm destroying this whole tank. Like, anything attached to this, I'm just ripping it apart. (laughs) Sebastian is just taking the butt of his crossbow and, like, banging on the machinery while Blueberry just viciously just destroys this thing. He's just trying to help. Can I use the amulet to just, like, teleport to the yellow one? You put the amulet on. You walk over, and you feel, like, a connection to it. Oh, shit. All right. Lit. I know how to get out. 
Xander, this is a plus two spellcasting focus. Yo. Oh, shit. I'm going to turn and look at you. Have, have you just re-arrived? She's like, wow, that's cool. See, that's what my plan was when she was paralyzed. I was going to try to steal anything that looked magic from her, and then she weren't paralyzed. But then she just, she was fine. Well, at least we got it now. Yeah. Should we all, we could jump on the circle and go up to the red one. Just for fun. Do we want to check and see if there's anything down here first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this desk. I'm going to run away from the rubble of the machine. <laughs> run over to this desk. Dum, 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 dum. What you see on this desk is pretty much like this is how Ermina entertains herself. It doesn't look like there's anything that exciting here. There is a description for how she created all of her servants. You can see that this was a process coined by another Arcanum member. It looks like their name is Ilianos. When you're creating these visions of these servants, it has to be of someone you remember, of someone you know. So seemingly all of these people Ermina has interacted with, which would make sense with Adwolf being there. But the rest of the stuff here looks like novels and stuff that Ermina used for entertainment. Damn, she lonely. All right, well, if there's nothing if there's nothing interesting over there, we can hop up to the red one and see if we need to leave up there. Make sure we, like, bring any of the, like, written lore stuff with us. I look at the red space, and I think I want to be there, and then we are there. You all appear on top of the balcony, and you see a very wide hallway. So from the balcony, you find a hallway with various doorways. It's much darker again here. There's some training grounds here, some areas for spellcasters to have moving targets. But as you're walking, there are a ton of different things here. Reading areas, multiple kitchens and dining rooms, small rooms with nothing more than a table and some old chairs. But the stillness of everything is weird. Nothing's necessarily like broken down. It's just here and it's been sitting for years. You find another area that looks to be maybe the other entrance. This way, too, filled with palisades and walls for in case a siege ever happened. This one completely collapsed by rock. Blueberry, you'd assume that this is the other entrance that has been blocked, that you had felt from the outside. From here, you can actually see that there is a lever there. It says emergency exit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing you see here is a somewhat imposing door. This one, not gold like the others, just large. And it looks like it's made of obsidian. Uh, I'd like to go over to that, please. Does it appear trapped in any way? Give me an investigation. Uh, 19. From what you can tell, Xander, it doesn't seem like it is trapped in any way. It doesn't even seem like it's locked. All right, I'm going to open it. It's cool and glassy to the touch. Opening it, you see a large octagonal room, completely made of this black stone. And as you open it, these small lights illuminate the area, giving off just enough light to see, but still remain rather dark. From what you can tell, there are large tables here, completely void of anything other than one that is more central in the room. It looks like it has stone carvings on top of it. And as you look, especially you, Xander, who can see a little bit better, it looks like it has a map of Fendrea carved into the stone. And then just next to this table with Fendrea carved into it is a podium, which has this ornate wooden box atop it. 
I'm walking in. I'm taking a look at this box. Does it open? Opening the box reveals a book. Oh, I'm reading that shit. You grab the book. And as you grab the book out, you notice that on the bottom of this box, it is simply a painting of the magistrate's symbol. It's like this brown chest, but it's got this black etching of the eye with the flame atop its lid. Until there is a bubbling of magic as an eye rotates out and forms at the bottom of this chest. It rotates out of the eye painted on the bottom of the box. It is humanoid in shape, but fills the entire bottom of the chest. Its whites are piercing, its pupil black with this dark green iris surrounding it. It is incredibly detailed and even looks like it is moving inside the colorful iris, and it blinks a few times as it quickly makes eye contact with you. Can I stab it? You can see that your blade went through it, and it blinks twice. Illusion. Just the bottom of the box. Damn it. I'm walking back to the crew with the book in hand like, y'all, I think I just blew our cover. What? What happened? Well, aside from Ermina, I don't think anyone knew we were here, but I picked up this book, and then there was an eye in the bottom of the box, and it looked at me, and I tried to stab it, and it didn't. It was like, oh, okay, bye, and peaced out. An eye? Did it blink? And look at you? It blinked. Oh, yeah. It bl- it blinked and, like, looked at me. It made eye contact. It disappeared, so it, it might have been, like, an illusion, but it feels like it wouldn't just happen and then, not, you know, fucking be, like, you know, magistrate eyes. Either I hope this book was worth it, and I'm going to start reading the book. This has a stone backing. It's connected by hinges to allow the front to open. But the page on the inside are normal paper. Yet the writing... Looks more like ash than ink or graphite. Like singe marks down the paper. This looks to be a journal. It is long, filled with pages, all with handwritten notes. Almost disorganized words everywhere on the page. No cohesive lines. There are runes here, symbols there, small notes or ramblings. Some as simple as potential magic threat in the Cordalra Mountains. Others as odd and out there as fuck this angrily written in the margins. This book is just filled with information. It outlines who it assumed to be Alana. Her conversation she has with a man named Volazar. He speaks to her about what the Arcanum had planned on doing moving forward. The book starts with Alana's incessant looking into any magical feat done across Fendrea. Going there and killing the mage who did whatever the feat was. Smaller magic, she said henchmen, they'd capture them, whatever. But anything larger, it would be her. She would describe in detail how they were burned to death by her hand. Often these pages would end up with something like, another waste of time, or still not her. She had quotes written out from Volazar. You will never grow powerful with your other half still out there. Shar will not accept you unless you are whole. Destroy her. I saved you from weakness. Don't forget that. One page you notice is completely empty other than, has she found the lost plane? You continue on, you see the battle plans written out for the slaughter at Windermere. Alana would go on the surface, raining fire down from the sky while Desideria moved through the hidden tunnels to kill any stragglers trying to escape. They did this to, quote, rid the world of what the people thought happened. 
The other prominent thing that is written about here towards the end of the journal is a deal with the Arborean Concord, a group of tieflings from the plain of Arborea. The Arcanum would provide the Concord with protection, trade, gold, and more while receiving access to the tree. And drawn here is a tree. Dark black floor, a small knot hole in it that is pure black ash. At the bottom of this, it says, Commander Adrian assigned to the dealings. A later note writes, presumed dead. Top priority. The journal itself is filled with cryptic writings, notes on things you don't understand or don't really know much about, but the last page of the book you see, she must be destroyed or Shar will not accept me. The Arcanum has served its purpose. We adapt, we change. Rumors of mess-ups from the others have made it too far. The Arcanum cannot find her, but the Magistrate will. Hey, Blue, did you say something about a tree earlier? Yeah, I didn't want to say... Once I realized that she wasn't... You guys weren't seeing it and she wasn't seeing it, I didn't want to give too much away, but... The vision of Desideria disappeared and some white tree replaced it. This is a long shot, but does this look like the same thing? And I'll show her the page with the tree on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Um, yeah. And in the in the vision, the branches were falling off and they'd hit the ground and they'd just immediately decay. And every time they decayed, there were these stars in that hole there. And every time a branch decayed, one of the stars would go out. But what is this tree? Does it say? No, it doesn't. Uh, it says, like, who is, like, benefiting from it, I guess. But I don't know where this is. Like, it doesn't have any more details than that. Who who benefited? The Arcanum was trying to get to it. The Tieflings were the ones that struck the deal with the Arcanum. And, like, we're like, okay, yeah, you can you can take a look at it. So there must be something special about this tree. And I don't know if what you saw was, like, a vision of what was happening or what's to come. I'm super lost here. I I think it's yeah, it's in trouble. Uh additionally to that, we got the homie Volazar uh mentioned in here. I think this might have been Alana's journal. The other half of Kianopa, like she won't be accepted by some some dude named Shar Shar till she's whole again. I don't know who Shar is. Maybe that's a god, I don't know. But there is one line. Alana's wondering if she found the lost plane. Oh, right. This is all Arcanum stuff. So yeah, this this was probably written long before she found her. Huh. Xander, as you walked around, you did see one other large thing in this room, which is that table. I, there is something cool in there. We should all go take a look. Help us get a lay of the land, I think. Okay. I'm back to an elf, by the way. This is, once I got in here, I turned back into elf. The table is a topographic map of Fandrea. Everything made of stone, not just topography though, but also like main cities and encampments that could be important. One thing you notice, it has almost like a control panel on one side. It has this large switch coming out of it. It is currently turned all the way to the right. And next to it, there seem to be large stone buttons with runic carvings in them, like square blocks that could be pressed and pushed down into the table. One carving says, areas of interest, 
The other says the planes. Oh. Uh, okay, I'm hitting the planes one. When clicking the button that says the planes, these magical lights seem to dim. Coming from underneath the stone table are more lights. These ones much smaller and don't really emit much light, but they are colored. They float up into the air above the map of Vendrea. And they start to form what look like galaxies. Large colored shapes in the darkness looking like at a picture of the universe through a telescope. Some are extremely round while others look more like neurons, like a central locus with these branching off portions. Some of these colored lights even impact each other. You start to see more lights come from under the table, but this time they form the shape of a being just behind this table. The being is a dragonborn. They glow with a light pink from these lights, bright white eyes and blue talons. And they begin animating in a very natural way. And you start to hear a voice from them. It almost sounds like a magical recording. The cosmic winds move the planes from place to place. Many are easy to track and follow. They give off major magical signatures. Others have morphed over time. Here, you can see where the elemental planes have these magical tendrils that were forced into Fendrea so long ago. There, you can see the magic plane leaking into Fendrea in many locations. The where exactly is still a mystery. This figure is animating the whole time and pointing to different locations. Here, you can see the remnants of Carvas, which was destroyed. You can still see the remnants of the portal that allowed the Dragonborn to come to Fendrea. There's so much amazing history among the planes. This is what we can track from where we are and from what we know. There might be thousands of other connections between the planes, but there would need to be massive research efforts, and those efforts would need to be conducted from the other planes. And then you hear another voice. What of the Lost Plane? No indications of anything regarding the Lost Plane. Nothing we can determine from the ground here in Vendrea yet though we have many more planes to check. And slowly, the dragonborn figure comes apart, but these magical lights stay floating in the air. Want to record all that shit? I'll hit the areas of interest also. And you can see a compartment opens up. There is a book here. Ooh. Okay. What's that? Let's take a look. The front says reports from Ilionas Thorell. And Xander, as you open to each page of the book, you can see that this table ahead of you glows slightly. The first page says Hostgate at the top. History, Dragonborn brought to this location in the destruction of the plane Carvas, known to have strong military force as well as the matrons who run the city. Sent Shapeshifter to learn about their ranks and how they keep their city so strong. Then there is a quote. The dragonborn are stern people, but I did find some I enjoyed. They adhere to strict rules and laws. Any citizen who is to have a child undergoes a test to determine if they are fit to be parents. If they are not, the child is taken and given to the matrons and placed in care of the city. The matrons themselves tend to be harsh to each other if one speaks out against the others. Overall, the city works around the clock and is very protective of its people. This quote is attributed to someone named Zue. Then Ilionas has written, Potentially strong ally, but will need convincing. One highlights Berndarium. There's descriptions of 
the Seven, the first forge to have been created with sentience. Extraordinarily powerful, again, notes from a Zue about one of the Seven known as Five. She brought Five to Ilianos. There are also detailed notes on Seven, another of these forged. This one was also only close to the magistrate for a short time. Ilionas again has written at the end of this page, high priority, seize the production and use it. Powerful armies at our fingertips. Faramore lights up. Its history is about the Fair Isle family and praying to Selune. There was some contact made with Rowan Fair Isle, powerful and wishes to work with the Arcanum. The note at the bottom says, appeal to Selune and allyship should be easy. Elvrath. History's confusing. Abandoned by the elves after discovering cursed items with a question mark, and they went to build Valorith. Now many families are vying for power, but right now the current family, Albrecht, has been contacted. They harshly refused any protection provided by the Arcanum and does not want anything to do with us. I recommend waiting for another family to take over or to force a takeover of the Albrechts. Low priority until a new family emerges. Finally, you see the Evergem. History unknown, potential hiding place for strong mages, then in Alana's burning handwriting. High priority. And lastly, you come across the page for Helios. History doesn't seem important, was brought into the air by mages to avoid the Arcanum and its pressing eyes, filled with mages and powerful scholars but hard to reach. They do not seem a threat as of now, harsh regulations for the magic being used, scholarly work only, keep an eye on. And then finally, Helios will not work with us. Helios will fall. Low priority. And then you see that there's a bunch of empty pages, but the very back page has a dog ear on its corner. And it simply says, known ley lines, areas where the magic plane seeps into Fendrea more than normal, large strings of magical energy, Feats previously thought to be unknown to those who inhabit Fendrea can occur at Ley Lines. One in the center of Lake Hyannis, one under Achandoth Mountain, one under the Badlands, one underneath Helios, one or two question mark in the oceans to the west of Cordalra, one in the heart of Hosgate, another in the heart of the Witchfen Forest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be taking that book. So. It looks like the Arcanums slash the Magistrate have been trying to take over things for a long time. I guess we were right about the mountain, though. Yeah. Look at us. I'm just happy to see that it's, even over all these years, they still haven't succeeded. I don't think they ever will. It just shows that we have a fighting chance. But it looks like Helios is possibly next on the list. All this plain talk... That's got to include ours, right? Yo, what if we're the Lost Plane? We could be. If we are the Lost Plane, then they've made contact with it before. Or something has come here before. Yeah, they'd have to have something about it if they knew that it was even lost. Should we talk about this on the ship? Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's hit that emergency exit. Pull the lever, Xander! Kachunk. Pulling it creates a magic force. And this magic force shoots out of the lever and it forms a human being. It's a projection of an elven woman. One 
you've only heard descriptions of fiery hair and they wind their hands up and she punches a wave of energy (gasps) and it shoots the rock out of the mountain at high speeds and you can see it reveals this long dark pathway forward okay so if that was just a projection of alana i'm fucking terrified of what the real thing can do Yeah, she basically just punched through, what, 300 feet of rock? (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, we gotta just find our way home before we have to deal with her, cause sheesh. Yeah, that that would be ideal. Um, maybe let's try to hurry? I guess. Let's book it out of here. It's about, like uh, Blueberry said, about 300 feet before you come up to this opening in the mountain. From here, you do know that Corvine is just to your south. I gotta stop by Tila's before we head back to the ship. Yeah, we gotta drop off the bracelet. Yeah. That's right. I'm going straight to Tila's. Jet and and Blue, do you want to go to Blackbird and maybe stop by? I know you said that lady was looking into your, your arm situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if she had enough time to research, but if you guys want to hit that, we'll go drop off Fox's bracelet and then we can meet up at like the fountain in the center. That's that sounds like a good plan to me. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Xander and Sebastian. You head on over to Tila's place. Xander, it's a little weird for you this time. You remember vividly the memories that you felt when you grabbed Fox's spirit. And they fit perfectly with the landscape around you. Xander takes a deep breath and knocks on the door. You're back. I'm glad to glad to know. We um we had a, a hell of a time in there. But we made it out. And I brought something that we found for you. And I hold out Fox's bracelet. Tears immediately well in her eyes. She looks at it for a moment before like slowly gripping it and bringing it up close to her heart and holding it with the other hand. I feared this was true. Thank you. Uh, Of course. They, uh... They kind of wanted to play with us while we were in there. We didn't just find a body that was just there. Fox's spirit was alive and well, doing their best to live the life that they didn't get a chance to live out. We, we were able to, to help Fox officially move on and get the closure that they needed to finally lie and rest. You felt their spirit. I got to see the life through their eyes, what kind of life they'd created with our help, I guess. We got to see Fox be a kid, grow up, have a job do the things that they they wanted to do. I don't know how much of it we actually did and how much they fabricated for themselves, but by the end there was peace. I just I'm I'm so sorry for everything that not only you had to go through but what Fox went through. No one deserves to be forced into a situation like that. 
if it truly was the Raven Queen's wishes, then I am sure Fox had something better than what my mind believed. Thank you. And as she says thank you, you see one tear crest the eyelid. They made it to her. In the in the Shadowfell. They'll guide them where they need to go. And she's just looking at her open hand with the bracelet as she's nodding. She just steps back into her house. Take care, Tila. And as the door closes, you can hear her on the other side sobbing. Xander is holding back tears on her doorstep. Just a, a lump in Sebastian's chest, too. He just looks over at Xander and, like, kind of collapses, buries his head in his chest. Arm around him. Just no words. Jet and Blueberry, you're heading to the Raven. You see Blackbird at the bar. This time, he's not just looking at the bartender speaking. He's lounged back on the bar, back towards the bar, arms up on the bar, and one hand holding an ale. He's kind of watching people dance and hang out. Big guy! And he holds up his cup to you, Jet. Hey, hey! You made it back. Please, tell me, what of the hollows? Oh, it's crazy in there, man. But, um... It's pretty chill now, though, now that we left. I feel like we cleared out all, most of the craziness. You feel like death has left. Uh, I guess. I think so. I mean, death can be anywhere, but, like, I feel like most people could walk through now, and we opened up the old entrance. Wonderful. Wonderful. I must say, we don't quite care about the Arcanum entrance. We just want to get back to the hollows. But if you have felt the presence of death leave, and that uh, at least you feel it is safer than... Maybe we shall venture back into the hollows. Well, we actually, like, saw kind of a manifestation of someone who at least was a servant of death, if not literally death. Are they gone? They, uh, took a spirit that was restless there with them, and they left. So you found Fox. I hang my head low. They've passed on. I think they're... They're going to be in a better place now than where they were. I cannot repay you enough. I apologize. We don't have any compensation. That wasn't the idea. At this point, knowing the little one is going to be resting easier, that's payment enough to me. A drink! And you can see the bartender brings over multiple other drinks, and he tries gesturing one to each of you. Huh? I'll grab mine and look to Blueberry. Huh? Sure. I'll finish it for you. Don't worry. Okay. Cheers. To the journey. The journey. The journey. Do you have a library in town? Uh, nothing stocked well. Oh, so an empty library. There's a huge old Arcanum library in there. I feel like you guys could stock up. I did not plan on going there. But I will I will bring it up with some of the elders of the village and see if that is something we desire. We we looked for traps, but you know, be careful anyways, just in case we miss something. Yes, we, we, we feel as if it's safe, but please just be prepared. Again, I cannot thank you enough. If you'd like to stay and party, you are welcome. Uh, we we've got a lot of other other things we gotta do right now. Uh, we appreciate the offer. Yeah, we're pretty wrecked anyways. 
I'll chug the rest of my drink and slam it down in front of him and give him a nod. I uh, nudge the rest of my drink towards you. Oh, I mean, if you're not going to finish that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. It's just kind of, yeah. All right. Shall we? Yeah, wh- um, which way do we go now? I, I don't even remember. Do you want to get the trail checked out? I'd, I'd like to see. <laughs> Maybe at this point she knows more. I, I don't know. It's worth stopping in, don't you think? Okay, just be chill about it. It seemed like there was a lot of commotion last time. Yeah, a little bit. You walk into the building and you see Winifred. And she looks at you and goes, Ah, you're back. Drop your clothes. I turn. (laughs) And I just start breaking down immediately going, I have a tail now. (laughs) That's all I found. (laughs) And she throws her notepad to the ground. All you can see is tail coming question mark (laughs) (laughs) me head out these are just so much harder to get on with this stinking nub out of my butt Uh, do we need to cut a hole in your pants for your tail oh that's not a bad idea you guys are heading back to the airship takes a moment to get there god I get more and more relieved every time I see this damn thing me too There's nothing more relaxing than seeing Claude's happy face. You know what's even better about that? I call bed! Oh, you bitch. Option! Welcome! I've got a bed. Okay, uh, where are we off to? Wait, where where are we headed? I assumed Helios, right? Are you going to meet up with everyone? Helios! Wonderful! That travel will be long, at least a day and a half. That's that's fine. (sighs) Alright. We probably need a day and a half to decompress. Honestly. I will get us in the air at once. And you can all take a long rest. Thank you. Oh, my God. Xander, there's something in your pocket. Uh, six. Xander, there's a spider in your pocket. (laughs) Xander, you get bit for eight piercing damage. You have the poison stats for one hour, and as it immediately scurries away, it casts a web. Oh, Guys, what the- who put a spider in my pocket again? It's an old rickety ship. There's gotta be spiders everywhere. It's from the sky. They came on before we were left off. I don't know, man. Seems kind of sus. Doesn't stuff just summon in your pocket every day? Speaking of summoning things every day, donuts? Oh, shit, yeah. Breakfast. Completely forget about everything that's just happened. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, slowly walk out of the web. We got four. Four donuts. One vegan, as always. That's perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's nice. As you guys are sitting down, Xander, you hand your donut to Jet. Jet, your face covered in white, rough skin, and your tail's about a foot long. Oh, (gasps) bro. What's up, man? We knew it was coming. Yeah. What's going on? You guys okay? All right, I'll take a quick pic of him. Smile, say cheese. All right, I'll grab Pebble's head and kind of like snuggle up with her. Show him the picture on the little camera screen. Oh my God. Jack, give me a religion check. You've got to be kidding me. That's a zero (laughs) because I have (sighs) negative one to religion. 
Did that shit just grow? Jet, can you put on some pants, please? We can cut a hole in it. I'm sorry, I need help. I, I don't know how to make a hole in this thing. I don't know how big it should be. Oh, I got you, bro. Xander, your dagger! Yeah, I pull out the dagger and I just do like a super swift like hole and then hem up the side super quick with a needle that I have in my pocket and just... Whoa! That was impressive. Whoa! Does that go around my armor too? Yeah, man. How do you sew so quickly? I've spent a lot of years fending for myself. Got to make sure these clothes stay tight, stay fitting, stay in uh, good shape, you know? I've spent a lot of time out in the out in the wilderness, but I'm always wearing Gucci, so like... I gotta keep it fresh. Can't believe you're wearing Gucci out in the wilderness all the time. Always gotta stay fresh. I appreciate it, man. I'll, I'll pull my pants up. Yeah, I guess you gotta you gotta wear Gucci all the time, cause I mean, like I always heard this thing where you gotta like go out into the world every day, like you're gonna meet the love of your life, you know? Oh, okay. See, I, the way I thought of it, if you die, like the outfit that you're wearing, that's your outfit for eternity. So you always always gotta look fresh, like. Oh, that too. Those are two very different perspectives. <laughs> the same thing. I I mean, yeah, I guess that that makes sense. You can accomplish both with one, so that's cool. Yeah, exactly. We should read. Do a bunch of reading. Yeah. On the road. We can read. We can chat. On the sky. All that. I don't know. Y'all seem pretty messed up. What? After the the mist. Everyone said they saw really sad stuff. Is everyone, everyone's like good, right? It wasn't that sad. It was just normal life stuff. Maybe for you, but the others look freaking devastated. Well, let me ask, did, did everybody experience something from their past? Yeah. 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 Everybody, in, for the most part, was kind of a bad experience? Uh, a mix. Mine was really wholesome. That's why I'm kind of curious. Mine was just me getting my first guitar. It was just a little a little pink thing. I found it on Craigslist. It had like daisies on it, so that's how I learned to play. I don't know, from there it was kind of history. And I've named every guitar Daisy after it. Just to kind of remember it. I thought my dad would hate it. I don't know, he's the reason I kept going. He actually accepted it. It was really nice. Sounds like you have a great family. They're kind of cool. I'm glad to hear it, buddy. We gotta get you back to him. We gotta get you back to your mom. Did you see her? Yeah, I did. That must have been nice, at least. Not for the most part. Bad stuff? There was a lot of... recent events. Part of the reasons why I need to be back home so quickly dang mine happened forever ago I didn't realize yours was like recent you must have honed in on something pretty impactful it is the worst moment in my life it's something that has changed me forever I don't know how I get through it but to be honest you guys have helped me a lot it was her diagnosis? It's... it's... not good. I'm gonna give it to you straight. She doesn't have long. They haven't told us everything, but... It's... not good. And I'm the only one there for her. 
I'm the only support that she has. And not being there, I, I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know what she's thinking. I, I don't know how she feels. I don't know how long she can last like that. She hasn't reached out to you anymore, has she? I know you said you heard her voice from your necklace. I did. I haven't felt her reach out to me. I I don't know if she has been trying to. I, I guess I haven't tried to reach out to her in a while. Maybe I should. Go for it. We'll give you some privacy. I'll walk away with Pebbles. Pebbles and I will walk to the bow of the ship. I'll have her curl up and I'll kind of sit in the middle of her. Cross my legs and just grab onto my pendant. Just call out to my mom. You start sitting there. You're feeling many emotions. You're you're getting this off of your chest and you know when bringing stuff up like this, it, it gets harder. And you grab that necklace. Give me a religion check. 16. Gripping tighter that pendant. Closing your eyes, you start to feel a warmth in your hand. And you're just thinking these wonderful things about your mom. The bad falls away. The worry of the diagnoses of what's going on. You just start to remember how happy of a person she is, even going through the toughest time of her life. In your head, you don't know if it's because you're just remembering her so well or if something happened, but you hear Hi, Mello. As your hand starts burning up. I don't let go. I, I, I try my hardest not to let go. Give me a constitution saving throw. It's a one. <laughs> Your hand starts burning up so much, and you try to hold on so bad, and you do, and it starts hurting so bad as you hear a roar as your eyes open, and just a hundred feet away from you is a large white platinum dragon. It hangs in the air, waving its large wings. And the airship continues forward while it does not move. You make eye contact with it. And you can see below your amulet has that profile of the dragon's head. I stand up and I grasp it tighter and I walk forward. Trying to bridge this gap that's slowly growing. And you look around in this sky. And as you're looking around... You see around you smaller gold dragons flying far in the distance. You count one, two, three, seven total, circling the airship from far away. And you hear one last roar as the large platinum dragon cuts down beneath the cloud line as all of the other seven gold ones down beneath the clouds. No. No. And I run towards the end of the ship and I, I look down. I'm looking over the edge of the ship and I'm yelling to it. 
Come, come back, please. Tell me, what is happening to me? Why do you keep me from my mother? What is happening? In an echo in the distance, you hear one last roar. That all of you hear. What the fuck was that? Go to the ballista. Okay, go up, go up to the deck. I got it. Racing upstairs. Come to me, please. Don't run. Jet, what are you doing? What is what wrong? What are you doing? What did you get away from the edge? And I just, I plop down to my knees and I'm sobbing. Running over there. Hey. You see that Jet's amulet is still lit. The profile of a dragon head. Whoa. I grab the amulet with both my hands and I scream into it. Mom, please come to me. Just talk to me. Give me anything. I need you. Wind whipping. Did you hear her? I heard her call to me. I felt her for the first time in a long time. Then she's okay. That thing. It separated me from her. I don't know if it's keeping me from her. I don't know if that's what is inside of me. I'm looking over the edge towards wherever I heard the roar. Where'd it go? It was there. It was right in front of me. What was it? It looked like a dragon. A dragon? I I can't explain it. It was in front of me. I saw it with my own eyes. And there was others. I felt it. I saw it. My hands, they burn from my amulet. Look at it. Look at how different it is. Hand completely singed with the shape of the amulet, almost like a brand. Can I heal this? I hold my hand to her. There was more of them. More dragons? The the large one, it was there. And above it, more swirling, flying. They were smaller and, and gold. This one was white. Like, like you? Like me. And I look up at her. Is this the deity that they were speaking of before? Maybe. I know this is really scary, and I know you want to talk to her, and you want her to talk to you more, but I I think this is a good thing that, that it shows that she's... She's well enough to speak. She's... She's okay, and we'll be back to her soon. We just learned so much. We just learned so much more about planes and and plane travel and these these ley line things that I don't think we've ever been closer. I think we're on the right track. We need to go faster. Claude, can you pick up the pace? On it! Ooh, okay. I kind of want to go under deck now. I don't love this. Yeah, you go go ahead under, Blue. I I just need a minute. I'll sit back into pebbles and I'll just hold on to the amulet. The rest of the day goes by relatively quickly. Again, you're over water now and you spend most of your time not seeing any land beneath you. You travel down the Sea of Talos for some time. 
another three hours after leaving land, you start to see an island to your west. An island that, even from here, you can see the southern tip is filled with red maple trees and eventually a beautiful large tree with pink leaves. Amorpha and the Crimson Grove. This is getting to later in the day, so the sun is off to the west behind these beautiful leaves of Amorpha. And you are soon over primarily water again. An hour or so later, the landmass from your east is in view and juts out. It's a large desert of some kind. No noticeable structures on this area of land, though the desert ends in what looks like a large cliff going out into the water. The day winds down. It gets darker. Start to relax a bit more. Talking less. Moving to your own corners or relaxing, either eating whatever rations you have left. Xander. What are you doing? I mean, throughout the day, I've just kind of been wandering around the ship and looking out the windows and kind of fiddling with my camera, fiddling with like the knives, just kind of busying myself. The sun is down completely at this point. It's not quite bedtime, but it is dark. And Xander, you're just sitting here fiddling with your knives, maybe building a card tower, doing whatever you do. And then out of nowhere, you hear. What? Who? Hello? I'm going to walk up to the to the top of the, the deck. You see ahead is a landmass that you're about to fly over. From here, you can even see in the darkness some, some lights, some structures with some long docks that go out into the sea. And a forest filled with oddly shaped trees. And you hear it again. It's in your head, but feels like you are being pulled to the forest. And as you get closer and closer to this landmass, you hear. Out of the darkness, a huge arrow is shot from the ground, collides with the airship, shattering large pieces of the deck. And you hear a leak in the air sac above you. Xander, you see it's been pierced multiple times by this wooden shrapnel. Options! We've been hit! We've been hit! I don't know if I can save us! You immediately start losing altitude. What? Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck. Uh, what? Oh, Claude, do your best. And I'm gonna get downstairs where everyone is. Everyone, just hold on to something. I don't think this is gonna be a safe landing. Where shall we crash? What? Aim for the water. The airship immediately starts hurtling towards the ground. It's hard to see what is happening around you. You start going so fast, rattling around inside of the airship. Sounds of wood shattering off of the ship. Pebbles barking loudly. Claude yelling atop of the deck. I'm so sorry, options! Jet grab Xander! And I run and I tackle Blueberry and I cast Dimension Door and get us 500 feet towards inland when we're like close to crashing. So if Jet's going for me, I go towards him with his featherfall boots. Give me acrobatics to see if you can get out of the airship. You guys are being pulled down by the airship. Your slow fall boots are not helping in this case unless you can get out from under deck. So try to give me acrobatics to see if you can get out. It's a nat one. Jet, give me a dexterity saving throw. 12. Sebastian, you are moving 500 feet to your west towards whatever landmass you think is there. So you teleport out, and then you and Blueberry immediately start falling much less than you were and into somewhat darker waters. I wild shape into a giant eagle, holding on to Sebastian. 
So Sebastian, you start falling, but she's able to grab with your talon coming right up and holding you by that collar. Oh, good teamwork, Blue! Jet and Xander, you feel the impact into the water. Water starts rushing in, but you guys get smacked to the back. And you're each taking 54 bludgeoning damage. Holy shit. Flying towards the ship. You're flying towards the ship, Blueberry, as all of a sudden you hear from the nearby woods a couple hundred feet away. Hey, can anybody hear me? Is anybody still alive? And for today, that's a wrap. <sighs> oh my God. Jesus. The fuck? Thank you all so much for listening. One week for behind the scenes over on patreon.com slash cast party. But in two weeks, we have to welcome such a special guest who you just heard. Luis Carrazzo. Let's so go. come back two weeks. Episode 51. We have an amazing guest and an amazing story to tell. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you next week on Behind the Scenes. Two weeks for Luis. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Come back and hear me and Jet drown. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll heal myself. Focus on her. I'll be fine. I'm going to heal myself. Focus on her. Aren't you back to Blueberry now? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> She's stuck. She's stuck in that voice. She's still growling from Blueberry. <laughs> no, no. I'll be fine. I'm going to heal myself. Just focus on her. Well, I'm just a fish swimming around. Totally a normal day with all of my fish buddies here. St. E. Love still got that hook in his jaw, but we got Eric Five looking for another pair of tweezers. They don't come around these parts often. Ebab Flo has some pliers if it comes to that, but we'd need five of us, and I just don't want to hurt him getting that hook out. Wartorn Knight still has a scar from his last hook that got caught while he was fishing for flies. Other than that, Totally normal night. It's getting a little dark. Might have to find Jesky Fire. That little light on her head became real nice since she lost all of her teeth and can't eat us no more. Ash, on the other hand, still running around with his little pincers, trying to get us every once in a while. I think he just wants attention. He don't want to hurt us. York suggested we try to get rubber bands on them things. You think we can stretch a rubber band around a crab claw? We don't even got thumbs. Dubward said there are sea creatures with opposable thumbs, but I never seen them. Calls them sea monkeys. Lord Asselberg picked his coral up and went to look for these missile creatures. Never made it back. Oh, look, there's Isuik. What up, you little shrimp? <laughs> you know I'm just playing. Oh, ew. What's that taste? Oh, Jeff the Milkman must be close. He really needs to stop secreting milk. Fish aren't supposed to lactate. Maybe I should leave this area. I bet getting closer to shore will be nice and sandy so I won't be able to taste the milk. Lexi tends to hang out in the sand and stir it up when trying to catch prey. Oh wow, a crashing ship right before my eyes. Forerunner is not going to stop talking about this for weeks. Oh, this is going to tank the housing market with all the new real estate once the coral sets in. Maybe Frankie will at least have more than just that shell to live in now. 
I just know Jude is gonna call the best spot. Maybe I should go camp there now. Oh shit, there's still humans in here. I better wait until they leave. Can't be squatting if the owner's home. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.